24 with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. Today's guests will be coming on individually. Uh, the old days of us all being together in a lovely studio and having coffees afterwards and getting great stories off the record, even better stories than we get in the podcast. They're over for the time being. We have Darrell Connor and Gary Cronin on uh, on Zoom later on the show. Thanks to our sponsors, Lotto Land, where you'll find all the odds and special bets for the rest of the SSC Electricity Premier Division season. Check out lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook make sure to stay tuned as we'll be giving out some of their LOI specials throughout the show and you can find us on Podcast Republic Spotify Stitcher SoundCloud iTunes at LOI Weekly on Twitter in association with Air Sports and independent.ie uh, Dan first things Johnny, first Johnny first things first why are, you, why are you putting that information out there man I mean we, we, we off the record sources I mean who knows we, we get sources, we get stories from all sorts of places. Now, now you're putting it out there. People listening to this are thinking that it's, it's over, Dan. Nobody meets for coffees anymore, anyway. It's, but look, you know, all those off the record discussions were off the record. The whole point of off the record is that you don't disclose it afterwards. Yeah, but you don't. Are, you people don't, are tracing, back, tracing back stories to shows and guests and all this. I mean, yeah, come well, on, come on. Um, I, I read yeah, a journalist once includes the line, what was it, on the record. And I, like, you, 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 the phrasing of off the record is obviously it's a complex one, Johnny. Anyway, keep, let's move along. Let's move along keep, to the show. Keep, keep, keep this secret better than I did, and all that. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. You're not the most. <laughs> as, as off the record goes, discretion, like you know, I don't know. Anyway, I'll give you. I'll give you a bit of kudos there. I was watching Virgin Media last night on the whole Delaney thing, and you you were popping up there and regularly with your your old stories about the Vantage Club, that, which seems a long time ago. And as a journalist, that that was an interesting one for you because I remember you were like, "Geez, this could be massive," and it just wasn't. <laughs> I was like, "Well, years and years later, actually, yeah, this all unraveled." But well, it was, it, yeah, story goes the, on. The problem with that is like. Unfortunately, and like, yeah, you did think that stuff was very significant at the time, and you had some big information at the time, which was 100% correct. I never received one, never received one legal letter having mm. pr- printed the exact sales and not the exact sales, but pretty much the accurate sales figures and where it was. And I remember, it was a public statement at the time saying the story was, was rubbish, um, but no, but no legal letters. And, and the story, of course, was true, but it's very hard to, it's very hard to. I suppose like if something is a long way in the distance, it's like, it's like if you owe someone money, like, you know, if you owe someone, you know, I don't know, whatever, take an arbitrary figure, take a more human figure, you know, you owe someone a grand and say, I'll pay you back. And while they don't think you're going to be able to do it. I mean, at the time you can still say you're going to be able to do it, you know, yeah, but, yeah, you know yeah. like you, but you're sort of saying the FBI are going to be screwed in, in, in 2020 or if not before, um, but it's 2010 and 2011. And it's very easy for them to say, well, no, we'll be absolutely fine by then. And uh, people believe, believe that, really. Or, you know, the, the people you know, believe that the, they believe that the people who got them into the mess were the people who could maybe also get them out of it too. Or maybe they just didn't believe that it was that big of a problem at all. And even around that time as well, to be fair, um, I, I remember doing stuff around the, the Vantage Club situation and there would have been um, other newspapers who would have responded to that story with comments from Eddie Murray uh, saying that this, of course, was was rubbish. Yeah. And, uh, as as years later, we know that Eddie Murray was a treasurer. Um, I mean, it was good he was talking on the record to people at the time. But um, 
I don't know. Mm. There was a willingness to quash stuff with them too. But anyway, we're yeah. going off on a bit of a tangent here. I was watching it with the Cork and Dalk game on in the background. And this game was still, as I think that some, so Tommy Martin and Mark Ty, they started, I think, at around nine o'clock. So this game was still in the balance. And it was, it was just, it was really weird watching this game last night, Dan, reflecting on, I, had to, I actually was explaining to someone, I was like, reflecting on where these clubs have been to where they are now and obviously Dundalk are in the Europa League and you know things are are, are generally grand but the, the demise of Cork and I I felt so I felt so sorry for them in many ways because I thought they they really gave it their all last night and as 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 often happens they conceded a second goal straight away but um it's just looking very very bleak for them at the moment yeah, I think first of all to say that things are generally grand at Dundalk. I mean, by, Sorry, by scale yeah. of course, by, by, scale, by scale of course it is. I mean, we are in a week where the chairman of the club has attacked the IRFU, has attacked uh, Shamrock Rovers Stadium, which you know, or South Dublin County Council Stadium, whatever you want to phrase it, which has saved them at times in recent years, and has basically, you know. The, the, the owners have gone on a run about trying to play games in Windsor Park, which, as far as I know, was a surprise to many people at the club day to day. So, mm-hmm. like, the dog are more successful. They have more money. Um, but it Sorry, remains... I should clarify that. They, they're, they're likely to get into Europe next season and they're in the Europa League group stage. No, no, so of course. Pitch, things are okay. In terms of, like, you know, the, the, the Dock-Cork rivalry, and you would still rather be... Uh, in Dundalk now mm. and in their situation and preparing for six Europa League group games but it, by, there is no by no measure like Dundalk is so so wacky at the moment that yeah. it's, it's, it's it, it couldn't possibly be used like generally grand just doesn't is not a sentence that, that could be used about Dundalk at the moment um, even when things are it's, it's like batshit grand you know yeah. like you know batshit okay so, but that's by the by. Yeah, I, I find the Cork situation sad. I do. I really do. Um, like, I, I, I really enjoy going to Turner's Cross. Like, I mean, I really like. It's it's definitely a club that. I mean, I'm sure at times, uh, probably in the midst of the Dundalk Cork rivalry, we probably would have taken a fair bit of uh, feedback from Cork, and not necessarily always positive. But the fact is that it's a club that is that has that size of fan base that like it does have a they're just good like they 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 are relevant you know like they're, yeah. they're what's going on there like there are a lot of people invested in it like in, uh, one of the reasons I love going to Cork is that you know you you have the local you can pick up the local papers or listen to the radio or whatever and and like the club is a part of the discussion in in a, in a pretty big place so that's not the club you want to be to be going down. Um, and like they're 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 certainly look like they might be headed that way now. If we are at a stage where Cork are, are approaching, and it's it's a joke, but it's sort of like it's it's mostly it's reflected by history that like you know they they they, they go through an an era where they need to press reset every so often. You know, every four, five, six, seven years, they, there's another chapter in their existence which involves that the other one sort of moving on that. Like, I mean, we don't know what the football is going to be like next year um, in any sense. Um, I mean, there may not be a possibility of a full house and turn this cross in any scenario next year. And, and if there is a year where you're going to go down and come back up, um, maybe 2021 isn't the worst year to be out of the Premier Division because mm-hmm. it might allow you to run slightly more manageable overheads, uh, manageable sort of you know costs. But if you can still have a team that's good enough to be promoted... You're not necessarily missing out on all this income you could have won, you know. But that that's that's sort of like stretching for a positive as much as you can. 
Um, two weeks today, they're going to vote on the potential sort of Preston thing, um, which is a really remarkable development as well for, and I, you know, I'm just getting the feeling off Twitter that Cork fans that have mixed kind of views on this. They do, and and I'm broadly aware of it, but I feel like I need to read more and, and yeah, speak same more as people, yeah, speak to more people about it to, to fully talk about it. I mean, unless the fact is, if you're on about selling the club for a euro and and basically it's about inheriting debt, you know, or inheriting liabilities, or whatever way you want to phrase it. Um, then obviously things are bad. Like So and, much potential there to be buying that club and yeah, just taking and, over the debt, you know and, what I mean? And it pains me to say it. Like It pains me to say that the the, the Forest model hasn't worked, you know, because that's... Like, mm. it, it, it's like it abandoning brought, communism. It, it, it brought the club back, you know, it brought the club to a double. It, it, you know, it, you forget it in the Tom Collin era and the end of it, how low things were. Mm. And mm-hmm. like it was one of the most heartwarming stories of like Irish sport in some respects in the last decade, um, that they managed to come back and and you the start of the Caulfield era like six seven thousand people at games that aren't even that big you know like not not mm. necessarily like a, a a premium match, so like there was you know obviously within the system like was it that the system didn't work or it was more so that it was the operation of the system that didn't work and that within that there was weaknesses exposed did they did, was there was there too much democracy that they recycled the board so often that they lost people that they shouldn't need to lose um, and you know is the broader debate being that if you that you still you you are in a in a cruel capitalist world that you you for all that you might have a model with fan investment and engagement that you might still unless you are in a very privileged position you may still always need that benefactor presence there like i mean rovers have something now but they have dermot desmond there you know like now bows i suppose are trying to tackle it to some degree with you know as a sort of a member run club and Matt Doherty. Um, yeah but the, but it does help of course yeah when you, you can you can you can get an investment and what they have is like i, I don't know i mean Bows, it's, Bows are going great, really. but four or five years ago, Cork were probably a model club too. I mean, they were mm. both involved in like more than a club programs, and like they were they were flagship clubs. And obviously, Bows are still going to face challenges if they go to Talca for a couple of years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they do seem to be on a very stable footing. I guess what I'm just saying is that um, maybe it was the operation of the the scheme that they had, the system they had, rather than necessarily the system itself being the problem. And um, it does seem that some very very bad decisions were made and were allowed to be made. Um, and they've made mistakes in, in recent times too, as well. Let's be honest. Um, so it's 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 very very unfortunate. Like I just just don't think I I I, I just think you know a, a Premier Division without Cork in it is is not a good thing. Mm. Let's stay with Cork and talk to Daryl Connor, who left the club in very abrupt circumstances recently. We're now joined by former UCD and, as it is, former Cork City player Darrell O'Connor, uh, who obviously left the club um, pretty abruptly in the last week or so, after which Cork played a couple of games, uh, losing at Bowes and losing to Dundalk last night despite a spirited performance. Dara, strange times for you, I guess. Um, you know, it's coming to the end of the season and you're no longer involved. Yeah, turbulent enough. Um, week or two, you could say. Um, kind of disappointing more so than anything really after the, the 18 months I had in Cork I didn't really want it to end like that but I suppose in football you can't really be surprised at anything that happens like um, that being said I'm, I'm still watching the boys I'm still in touch with them I was watching the game last night I, fe- I felt like I was part of the team that lost like when, you, when you're when with a group of lads for so long 
you kind of you still feel part of it like so it's um it's a weird one it's definitely a weird one what happened yeah yeah uh to put it to put it abruptly like obviously it's kind of common knowledge i got taken off myself and dylan mcglade after half an hour against st pat's and mm. rightly or wrongly i was taken off i'm, I'm not going to be down the bush like i was fairly surprised i wasn't necessarily having a stinker i wasn't having the worst game of my life you know was I amazing? No, I wasn't. Like I thought, I was no better, no worse than anyone else on the pitch. Um, nearly felt like a scapegoat. Like I just look, the manager wants to make a reaction. We're tunnel down, take off the two wingers. That's the way it looked to me. Um, and I kind of, I, I rang the people that I, I trust the most. I rang my dad, rang my agent, rang a few of my mates that watched the game, and they kind of said the same thing. Like we were surprised. Like, we didn't think you were that bad. Like and they were kind of sugarcoating it for a bit. Like um, that was that. I didn't say anything. The mood was as low as I've probably ever seen it after that game because after the the result we got against Harps, we kind of thought we could get something. But look, I did say I wouldn't I wouldn't press Fend on it after the game. It wasn't the right time and the right ways about doing these things. Like so I said to wait till Monday morning. And um look the, we went in, we were training, we did the warm up, the possession drill, and then we went straight into an eleven v eleven shape and he called out two teams and he said anyone that's not in shape um, go inside you're not needed I was there kind of looking around and looked at myself and I was the only one not in shape so I was like what's going on here so I went inside sat down for a bit uh, did a gym session and then Joe Gamble look, said Dara look Gaffer wants to have a word with you if you go up to the office and I was, I was kind of rattled at this stage like because I, I was I'd never really not trained before like I, I hadn't seen that done before but um Look, he sat me down and was like, there's five games to go and I'm going to be completely honest with you, you're not going to feature at all, really. Um, so in my eyes, you're kind of free to go, do whatever you want. And I was kind of taken aback because we, we actually got on fairly well. Like we were, as far as personal relations go with managers, I was probably up there with the best I had, like off the pitch. Like he'd, I'd always be doing favours for him. I'd be doing this, I'd be doing that. Like we were just, we just got along really well. Um, so there, there was no big argument in there. Like he was just looked there. I, I don't think you're... You're, you're up for this in his eyes anyway which I disagreed with and I kind of pleaded my case look there's five games surely I can feature in some capacity like I said no not a chance and that was that like I was kind of fighting a losing battle from there so I said what's, what's, where do we go from here and he was like you can go down to the secretary and uh, that's that you're, you're free to do what you want so I was kind of taken aback like it was, it was a strange one like um and signed my release forms, and that was that. Like it was, I didn't expect to go up in Monday morning to training and not go back again. But it happened very quickly. Mm. So, like, take us back to the Pats game then. Like, I understood that you know at half time, say you've already been substituted. Like, I mean, is there any communication to you? Like, when you you know when, when you come off the pitch or at half time or anyone to say, well, listen, this. No, this I thing. think like people that know me, I'm not really an angry guy. Like, I, it takes a lot to get me angry. Go like and. At half time, I could see nobody wanted to say anything to me or to Dylan. Dylan was furious as well, by the way. It wasn't just mm. me in this boat. Like, and um, I could just see people kind of giving me eyeballs, being like, what, "What's going on here?" Like, you know, like nobody wants yeah. to say anything. But eyes can tell a lot. Like, what way of feeling like between different members of staff or off the, off the board, off the field staff. Everyone's kind of looking at me, going like, "What's going on there? Did you do something? Did you say something?" Like, mm. um, it, it it just there wasn't much rationale to it. In my eyes, I like I'm not the manager. I I don't make these calls. Like, but I didn't feel like I should have been taken off. But look, ultimately I was, and McGlade was, and I I do think it was to get a reaction because I watched the game back, and myself or Dylan weren't weren't atrociously worse or better than anyone else on the on the pitch. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. Because I am conscious Neil Fenn's not here, right? So obviously mm. he can't sort of def- you know defend himself yeah. as such. He's not here. Like, I mean, in the previous weeks, had there been any sort of discussion or chat or you know we need more from you or, or some general discussion or, or or conversation that in any way could you look back now and go, well, maybe that was linked to this in, in some way or form. I've, I've tried patching things together um, to get to the extremity that we were. Like, obviously, there was a two, three, four week period where I, I wasn't in the team and I, I, I knew why I wasn't in the team. I, I just, I was given a chance in whatever game and I, I didn't play particularly well in that game. Mm. I bided my time two, three weeks in, didn't, didn't pick up, didn't kick up a fuss. Um, generally, I didn't go barging out of his door, none of this. And um, eventually, then we did, I think it was when Dundalk were playing. Whatever we were meant to play Dundalk on the Sunday, and basically our game got called off because they qualified or whatnot. Mm. Um, so we played in an in-house eleven v eleven, basically the normal starting eleven against the subs. And I went out. I was playing with the so-called subs team. Had a really good game. Scored. Um, I think we actually won the game as well. And then I was like, okay, I kind of have a bit of leverage now to go in and see what's the story. Will I could I feature or whatnot? I spoke to him. Um, very casually just out in the training ground even been like look will that do anything to kind of swing me into the team at some stage and he was like yeah I thought you did really well and I'm happy out for you so I might give you a run out against Harps and make sure you take your chance went up to Harps set up the goal played well um, kept my starting place which to me was was step one into playing for the, every game for the rest of the season but I, got, I only got another 30 minutes and that was that honest to God people have been saying surely you had some falling out surely there was this there was that there was personal disagreement there was a fight you hit him or he did so I've heard everything in the books like mm-hmm. and honestly god there, there wasn't one thing that sparked it and I to this day I still stand if I met him tomorrow morning for a coffee I reckon we could chat for an hour like there was no massive disagreement it was just purely a professional thing look you're not going to feature I'm not going to waste your time go off and do something if you want like as Dan yeah. said obviously Neil's, Neil's not here but was this symptomatic of somebody who was kind of if not losing the plot losing control of a situation that was probably slightly unraveling that when you didn't beat Harps and obviously the Pats game was poor, maybe he just wasn't to do with you and Dylan. It was just more to do with what was going on in his head, maybe. Yeah, I don't want to throw him under the bus and that's in that he was unraveling, but like he, he definitely was under pressure. We all knew that like to an extent. Like we, It's a results game business. We knew we were under pressure and we knew he was under pressure. Like We, as a player, don't want to get relegated. We don't want to have that big or on our CV for the rest of our career. Like And neither did he. And just every week progressing and progressing, it just got, felt we were getting closer and closer to that. No matter what we did, we tried everything. We tried nice fun training sessions. We tried hard grueling sessions. We tried running sessions with no ball for the day. We tried everything. And it just, nothing seemed to actually work for us on the pitch. We trained really well. We wasn't going to a game and then we'd be tuned down after 10 minutes. It happened nearly every second week. Um, so he was gradually getting more and more stressed out, which happens, like, do you know what I mean? Um, my dad's a manager, and pharmaceutical manager up in Dublin. And he says, he's like, things are going to go wrong you do you lose the you kind of get out of tune of what you normally do like you start doing things you don't normally do um now whether you're saying that to kind of calm me down or not i don't know but it's yeah. you see it every week in england the managers doing things that they probably don't normally do because they know their job is on the line and they're trying to get a reaction so i i, I think there could be an element of that like as i said i i do get along really well so i don't want to throw them under the bus but like i couldn't see any other rationale than okay maybe if i make it one big rash decision here, cut a player from the team, it might give everyone else a kick up the backside. Is mm. that way of looking at it like? Um, if that's true or not, I don't know, because 
I got along really well with everyone in the team. Like I. And what was that like? Just going to ask you that. What was that like? It's it's a bit of a mishmash of a squad with veterans, with Irish lads who come from elsewhere, English lads who come in, loanees and so on. Yeah. Do you know what? And I don't know how this is going to come across to people, but like we were, it was genuinely one of the best teams I've ever had off the pitch. And I don't mean that in a socialising way, like going out, hitting the pubs and all that, because obviously there was, none of that was even open. But like going for coffees, playing golf together, um, everything off the pitch, we were we were very united. Like there was no. I'd actually say we were more together this year on the pitch than we were last year. And last year's group of lads were together for years. Um, so it was, I went down to the dressing room, pick up my stuff and the whole players were in, all 20 lads were in there and I just had to go, look lad, sorry, I'm off here. And it was emotional. It was like leaving six years of school after leaving your mates for six years. Like it was, it was quite sad, like um, mm. hugs the whole lot. So if his idea was, look, if I get Dar- if I give Dara the boot, it'll give everyone a kick up the backside. It definitely didn't work in my idea, in my eyes, because I don't think any of the players were too too excited. And then they, they were also thinking, geez, I could be next. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they were it kind of rattled them in the wrong way, I think. If, even if that's not what he meant to do, I think that's the way it came across anyway. And for me, the most frustrating thing is the next day he was gone. And, was yeah. like, and, and he couldn't come back. Like you, no. said, you said there, you said there, you got on quite well with him personally. You did a few favors from them. I'm now imagining you doing a shopping from or something like that. Like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, this. Yes, yes, yes. No, I was more of like a, a personal shopper. So any lads that came over from England, I would have collected them from the airport. Trialists, I would have done that. I knew the area. I, kind of, I got along with them well in the first place. Like, um, even when Kit Elliott, the uh, uh, striker that came over on loan, like he. He, he had to get back to Dublin instantly. He had a flight that he had to make. Uh, I, I gave him this spin up to Dublin. Like, I just got along. I got along with all the players and I got along with him really well. So, it was never... Good young player, isn't he? Pardon? He's sorry, a good young sorry player. Johnny. Just let's, let's keep going with that. Sorry, you, you, mm. you got on quite well with him. So, it was a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Like, And as I say, the meeting itself, it was short and sharp. It was four or five minutes tops. Um, There was no screaming. There was no argy-bargy. There was no, like, aggressiveness or anything he was just looked at her I'm going to be blatantly honest with you here you're not in my eyes you're never going to play for me again and it was black and white as that and I said to his eyes is there anything I can do to, to make sure that doesn't happen surely that beach in some capacity sober for one down half an hour to go do you think I can give you anything and he looked me dead straight and I said no was there, there was no single moment in the Pats game where you threw in the towel or didn't chase back no if anything I, I watched the game back I put in a few tackles I didn't lose the mm. ball like Without showing my teammates under the bus, there was certainly lads that had a lot worse games than I did. And they said that to me themselves. They were like, when I seen the two lads warm up, because we brought on two subs, they were like, I thought I was coming off. And that kind of gave me that reassurance. Now, whether they're saying that to make me feel better, they could have been. But they, they, were, they weren't massively wrong. Like, I think when the, when the substitution board went up and my number came on, everyone's kind of looked around and was like, what's going on here? And after the game, two or three of the patch lads I know would have sent me a text being like, I, I didn't think that was... The right call, like I thought you were actually doing right. That's nice as well, to be fair. Yeah. It was, it was absolutely. Yeah. It, it kind of, it was. Do you know what? Do you know kind of times in life where you're like, you're so disoriented of what's after happening, you, you can't really think straight. Like, so to get that reassurance of a few of the boys on the team and off the patch team that I didn't actually have the biggest stink in the world, it kind of, it kind of cheered me up a bit. Like, so Daryl, like you actually ended up, uh, you're back in Wicklow now, but you actually were down in Cork for for a while more after because you lived with a couple of the lads, so you were actually basically around them as such. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I lived I lived with uh, four of the English lads on Kevin O'Connor, so Henry, Joseph, Deshaun, um, 
Henry, yeah, Henry Joseph Deshaun and Kev and myself yeah. were, were all in house. We got all, all along brilliantly. Like, but obviously, I left on the Monday and they had the game on Friday against Bowes. I was in the house all during the week. Uh, strange enough dynamic, like they were getting up to go to training and I was there going to local park for a run and we'd come back. We'd still have our afternoon coffee. We'd be making dinner together, but they'd be preparing for Bowes. And then I was packing up my stuff. My family came down and helped me move up. So it, it was strange. Like it was, a, it was definitely a different dynamic, like. Than, than it was normally before like which is understandable I didn't want to be a hindrance to them either like because whether we get along as best mates or not like I'm still kind of moping around the place a bit like yeah of course it's only natural and it's just frustrating that your papers were done so you couldn't you couldn't yeah couldn't yeah yeah part, part of me was kind of like okay well because it was Monday and this is the other thing well I hand on my heart I genuinely I don't think it was in his eye in his eyes to plan this but it was the last day of the window. So whether deep down he was thinking he was doing me a favor, making me a free agent, I don't, I don't know. I didn't even quiz him on that. But like, if he did, it, it could potentially work out all right. Like I'll get I'll get myself a club now in the next week or two um, and I'll be able to play for the rest of the year. Like, do you know what I mean? Get 10, 15 games, given the year that's happened, I'd bite my hand off of that now. But I, I don't think that was a thought process. Like it just it was a coincidence. It happened to be the last day of the deadline at around one o'clock went straight down to the secretary and I think the phone went through down at three before the deadline at five so now I did text the the secretary the next day when the gaffer got sacked I was like is there any chance of you turn like did they <laughs> did they actually go through um and he was like they did because no matter what way you look you look at it like there are going to be people I think I just jump ship like and talk mm. out of a relegation battle um I can't change those people's mind. Like that's just not the way it is. Like, it's I'm also the go. fact that you could have made a difference in the games that are left, and you know it's yeah, still, in, still like, in the balance. Yeah. It's not. It's not as if we're we're blessed with squad options. Like do you know, what I mean, we have a limited enough squad. We brought up a lot of lads from the nineteens. Like I'm not the most experienced person, but I have two or three senior seasons under my belt. I've won a league with UCD. I've, I did feel like I had a decent bit to offer. Whether I was starting every game or coming on off the bench, like. I thought it'd be useful in some capacity. Um, and it, it was heartwarming. Like when I did put up my so-called goodbye post, like the, the heart, like the message I got from the Cork fans were, were were really touching and positive. It kind of did reassure me that, okay, I didn't have the worst time of my life in Cork. Like I actually did do something to some fans that actually rate me a bit. Like, mm. um, How old did you under Colin Healy now, do you think? They'll listen to him. They'll respect him. Um, they'll be scared of him. <laughs> so at this at this stage of the season that's kind of you just need to be well organised all tactics go out the window at this age at the season it's literally it's very cliche but it's do or die kind of time for them really like isn't it um, like if they lose to Waterford I think they're gone like and mm. I they tell that they tell that to themselves last night was a bit of a, a hit it was a free hit like nobody expected anything against Dundalk at home um, they were far from disgrace as well in fairness it, like, no, they, they, they were exactly fight. yeah and like Dundalk, they're it sounds very ironic, but they're in the Europa League group stage. But they're not to be as feared as they were two years ago, if that makes sense. I don't know mm. how. I don't know how that's the mentality at the moment. But they 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 probably tell you themselves they're probably not the same outfit this year. Consistency wise, consistency wasn't the league. I know they've had a turbulent time, but some of the lads would have thought that we could get a result against them. We beat them last year, one 0 at home, exactly exactly the same time of the year, like towards the end mm. of middle of October. Um. I don't know if you watched the game or not, but up until 70 minutes, I thought we could nick a point, do something. Mm. All of our story, we concede one, we concede another one, then two minutes later, and game over. So yeah. I think it's just a mentality thing. Once we go 1-0 down, it's very hard for ourselves to convince ourselves that right, we, we can go on and win this game. I don't think since I came to the club two years ago, 
we've ever been one nil down, come back and we won again. Mm. That's what yeah. that, like. Just just before you go, Dar, I mean two things. I mean like what like over over the two years, I mean you I mean you, you came to a club that was top of the game, really. Like you thought you were going to probably challenge for leagues and stuff <laughs> like that. It's it's very hard to summarize it briefly, but like what's your take on, on how it's come from from there to here? It's just been so turbulent. Like I don't know if there's ever been a, a four week period where things have just consistently went well without some form of hiccup on or off the pitch. Like from a personal point of view and a collective point of view, like um to sum it up very, very quickly, like Caulfield came in, started, I was doing really well, dislocated my shoulder, came back fit, Caulfield was gone, Cots came in, Cots was trying to steady the ship, clear the wage bill. We had around 28 players all on good money and around seven of them standing on the stand like there was there was players coming and going every second day. I, I think in total, I lived with over 15 people since I went to court, like oh. across the different houses. Like it was just a merry-go-round of some sometimes like people are coming in and saying, all right, let's have it going. And then somebody else will be gone then the next day. Like the turnover of players from, like if you think of Cork in 2017, they had a core squad, basically the same starting 11 more. That's all the time. You can nearly list it off by heart at this age, the, the spine of the team. And once they left, I don't think they were just ever replaced character-wise and ability-wise. Like I think we just stocked up on okay players rather than pushing out the boat for like top quality players and then building around them. I don't think that was ever done. And to be fair, it's no one's individual fault. Like because Cots knew probably only had the gig for two or three months. Like he knew he couldn't fully rebuild the squad. Fenn came in, he apparently didn't have a decent budget. He had to kind of pluck players from England. It was never I don't think anyone had fully had the opportunity to just build a team and work with it. Like we didn't we didn't play the same starting eleven once this year. Mm. Formation four or five times. There's these things each week you kind of okay, well this might work, this might work. And just ultimately just never worked. You gotta have sympathy for him in the sense of the, the season being so abridged that it was the last thing Cork needed as well. Yeah, like I, I read some stuff on Twitter there that like Fenn was effectively sacked after thirteen games. Like if it was mm. a thirty six game season, would he would he have been sacked after thirteen games? Probably not. The board I I can see the rationale there's five games to go. Cork in the first division would be a disaster for the city. Like, okay, we've tried everything. Let's see the so-called bounce reaction. Nearly every team that gets a new manager gets some form of reaction. Like it's common sense. Um, we're two games in, and that reaction is yet to come. But there were signs of it last night. Like, so I hope for their sake now that they kick on. Like Waterford, is a, Waterford at home is a winnable game. Mm. Um, but yeah. yeah. Say if they don't, I think they're I think they're they're gone. So so what's next for you, Dara? I mean, the fact that you you were you were you like you did leave at the time that you did leave means that you can go to another jurisdiction and, and play. So are you sort of weighing up your options a bit? Yeah. Um as I said, I was blessed that I actually was able to become a free agent there and then on the Monday. Um so I, I took just a few days off just to just reset, go home, relax. I probably haven't had a full break in a long time. Um I just put the feet up and just take my eye off football for a few days, but I've kind of been on the phone now the last day or two, just kind of weighing up things. I've a few offers maybe up north and across the water in England. So um, ultimately at this stage of my career, I just want a, a, a stable period where I'll play more or less week in, week out um, and just kind of just get some goals, assist under my name, get the get the career rolling again because it's been a very stop-start two years. Mm. Um, so you'll probably either see me up north or across in England or Scotland in the next maybe week or two. Hopefully things go to plan. That's Maybe great. you can rip it up over in England and all this will be for the better. 
that's that's the thing. Like, do you know what I mean one your one manager doesn't rate you, the next manager will rate you. You just kind of have to have to take it as as it comes. I know in football nothing is personal, and look, even if he's listening to this, I, I'm sure he won't disagree with anything I've said. Like, do you know what I mean he it came out of his mouth, and he'll he'd back it up if I met him tomorrow. Like, it's just it's not it's nothing ever personal. It's a professional opinion, so we'll uh, we we move on and there's no hard feelings. <laughs> Listen, I hope it works out for you. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you find yourself looking at, I don't know, the, the news updates and pandemic and lockdowns? Does that come into your thinking about like moving at the moment? Like even going yeah, to the country or something like that? Like It's it's not an ideal time to be a free agent. Well, it isn't. It isn't, I suppose. Number one, there's no transfer fee. But second of all, a lot of clubs are either strung out in their budget. They've already used it and you're left then with pittance or else it's the other way around and they're they're crying out for players because they haven't been able to get anyone in. Um but move, moving, around, I've no problem moving. I'd play anywhere in the world. Like, um, but obviously, if you want to be in the kind of the so-called window in this area, you need to be either in Ireland, Northern Ireland, England, or Scotland. Like that's the the reality of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I think Northern Ireland going into lockdown, England are close to going into lockdown. But I think football written in, in the broad sense will carry on in some in some capacity. I don't think fans will be let in, but I think they definitely keep it going for entertainment purposes and. and Sanity purposes more so than anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks a million for coming on. You've been you've been really honest, and uh, obviously it's a difficult time for you. You know, tough times in Cork, tough times for you in terms of how it happened. But we really appreciate you coming on. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, lads. Don't forget to visit lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook, where you'll find all the odds and weekly special bets for the Premier Division this week. They're boosting a League of Ireland home treble of Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, and Cork. Boosted from 8.8 to 11. That's 10 to 1 to avail this offer. Go to the price booster section at www.lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook. Um, which rather reminds me of uh, the old GAA uh, PRO who was asked to take down the address from a journalist mate of mine. And he said, I'll give you the address now. Uh, it's www and the GAA PRO goes, sorry, sorry, how many W's again? Simpler times. Yeah, thanks to Darad. Dan made an important point there. Neil Finn isn't in studio or isn't talking to us to give, obviously, his version of events. And, um, you know, we, we, we obviously have to just reflect on Dara, which is fairly harrowing stuff, Dan. You know, you're reflecting on uh, if you lost your job in, 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 in that sort of a manner and it wasn't in remotely in the public eye, it'd be hard to take. But, um, yeah, it, was, it, was, it must have been quite difficult for Dara. And now, you know, Neil Finn is gone, but so is he. And Cork City are in a battle. Yeah, no, like Dara articulated his points very well there. To be fair, you know, we, we you you have people talking about their uh, departure from a club, and it can be laced with bitterness or or barbs or whatever. I don't think it was really like that, you know. It, it, I I think you know there's a degree of understanding there that like a manager is under pressure and 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 they they do things rashly they, they lose maybe a sense of perspective maybe he was looking for a reaction who knows it is a strange one the fan one because basically it hasn't worked out let's be honest it just hasn't worked out at all and um, there's no there's no there's no way of sugarcoating it really it just didn't didn't work and uh, that's what happens sometimes but there, there actually seems that it's see it seems that like you know even sort of the people say at board level and stuff like they still seem to reasonably, you know, sort of quite like him, you know, that there's actually just a sadness that it didn't work out. Well, you're talking Ra- about marriage Rather than well. going, this, 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 you know, where's yeah. that sort of uh, pratt on now, you know what I mean? You're talking about margins. If, if they beat Finn Harps, that kind of does change the season. They're 1-0 up with whatever was 10 minutes left and they didn't then and then the Pats game happened. Yeah, but they, they weren't very good in the Pats game. And, and the fact is, no. like, at, at several times this season, they have been routinely hammered, you know, like mm. they, they, they just... 
the in terms of just set, you know putting out a team that's really knows its job. Like I I I, I think you're struggling to to have too many examples of that. You know I, I think I don't I don't think it's the case. Well, if they had a bounce of the ball here and there, he needed a bit more luck. I don't. I don't think but that's if, the case. If, if they beat Ten Harps and they, they, in many respects, they were the better team and they've, they have some good players there at the moment, they're ahead of Harps and they kind of control their destiny. It's still fine margins, Dan. And as, as, as he said, what are we talking, 13 games into the season or whatever it is? No, but there's still nine points from those games. You know, mm. like, it's, I, I, I just... It's I, tough. Listen, it, listen, it's tough. Of course it's tough, right? But they've, 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 they've recruited a lot of players from the UK. They brought them in. Now, budgetary needs, obviously, mm. you know, the budgetary need must in some respects, but and it's a bit hit and miss, I guess. And I did a piece at the start of the season about going to the UK or going outside the league. Like, you, for every hit, you will have a miss, but they've, they've had a lot of misses, you know. And um, oh, there was a, I see, like, Rayon Dillon, one of the players who was there, um, been sort of tweeting some stuff, suggesting he wasn't actually that enamored of a fan and stuff. And, I don't know. I, I I don't know if there was a real I don't know if there was a real method to the recruitment really. And you do see uh like you know, you can see elsewhere um other managers with tight resources uh managing to put out a team that's a lot more it has a lot more personality and identity. Yeah, but, but Harps have actually in fairness probably pushed about a bit this year yeah. in terms of recruitment to, to be completely fair about it. Yeah. But, Maybe talk about John Sheridan went into Waterford, right? I mean, where, absolutely. Where, where, where Waterford were chaotic. Um, they, they, they had less training than everyone else. You know, they came back later than everyone else. Like they, they for without, you know, they only had a couple of players on the bench um, for, for one of their first games back, but they always played with a personality. And well, an also, like even Alan Reynolds as well, the, the, the team Waterford have put together, you know, watching them against Shell should have won the game. They're still bang there for Europe or for finishing fourth. There's been a real credit to the, the players, have been a credit to the players, the yeah. managers that have brought them in, but fair play to them. Like they, they're good players and they, they did recruit well. As yeah, you so, said, so I guess what I'm saying they've done a better man- management job. Yeah. So like yeah. that's my point. So but you, this is this is staggering, Dan. That that you can collapse from a situation where Cork were getting routinely into Europe, winning leagues, winning cups, and now are like so so many problems, not only on the pitch but off it as well. In in such a big city, and maybe taken over. I'm just like, how did this happen? So it's soon? it's a it's a deflating one because they did everything you think they have everything mm. there that you think they should do. You know, as in the sense that they that they have a good stadium, they have good crowds. And they, they qualify for Europe, what, four or five years in a row, which mm. is like, that's meant to be the holy grail. That's meant to be stability. But obviously, I mean, at the end, they were budgeting for even higher crowds and they weren't, they didn't have a, they, they didn't have really, it seems, it seems that they didn't necessarily have a plan for any scenario whereby what happens if we do have a bad season and, and, and all of a sudden the house of cards fell pretty quickly from that point. I mean, Dara spoke about it there. It certainly is the thing that's spoken about and, and we, we spoke to John Caulfield about it and I mean his answer he didn't necessarily really engage with the answer about the big squad that they have but that was certainly something that's come back from everyone you know to, you know, number of players in the stand you know the players almost the dressing rooms were nearly, weren't big enough they didn't even have enough food of their food like for the mental squad you know for the squad that they had whatever deal they had that they were reaching around for a solution just kept bringing in more players and more players and more players and it got them. It got them into a hole from which they couldn't emerge. But but of course, like 
where do you stand on that? They also made right? mistakes I, in the last year as well, season. of course. Like Fenn was a mistake ultimately. You know, like they, yeah, again, they put a lot of they put a lot of stock in Fenn. You, you, you know. can't really say that though because he's he's gone after thirteen games. It's too early. Like you can't. It, maybe he was a mistake. Maybe he wasn't. But just like I don't I don't see the point in having massive squads. I think if you look at what Bowes are doing this season, their 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 first eleven has only deviated a little bit. Bowes is a very big squad. That's actually yeah, but, fair, but, but, the, the worst but, example you can. Pick. Okay, well, see if they if the squad that the first eleven with young players coming through and promote your young players, keep the budget relatively sane would be my approach. And I, I just don't see the point in having massive squads. And it can lead to a situation where ultimately you have seven right backs, you overspend and you get relegated two seasons later. No, no. I, I, like Dundalk have a very big squad this year, of course. And they, they were planning for like a 50-game season, as Vinnie Pert said. And, and then it ends up looking daft when you, end, you have a shorter season. And I, I, I get that. I, I think there's, 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 yeah, I take your point that you can have a big squad if the, the bulk of it is, or, you know, the, the fringes of it is young lads on the way up. Cork should have but, enough talent for that. But yeah, and, and they were reaching, they were panicking. Like they, they were just panicking. They, they'd lost, they'd lost it. They'd lost the magic touch. And as a result, they were just, they were always looking for that player. It was almost like they were always looking for a Shawnee Maguire to, to raise them or that sort of, that, that player who, who, turns out to be a hit you know but it's it's hard to bring players to the league who can have that sort of transformative effect like you can bring in some very good players and we've seen some good players come into the league you know with with sort of interesting pedigrees and backgrounds like Adam Hamill at Derry you know and then you've you've guys like Figuera and you know uh, sort of junior and um, you, you make countless other examples of players who've come in from outside the league and done very well but there isn't too many that have come in and sort of like lifted a club, you know, that they, they, well, that person has solved all of their problems. I mean, if you look at the teams that have had the most success in recent years, um, like, you know, it's, it's been a steady building process. And actually the, the, the standout outstanding players, like the really outstanding players in our league in terms of like dominance, when you talk about, say, uh, you know, think of Jack Byrne at the moment, you think of, Towel, you think of Keith Fahey going back in time, although he didn't win a league with, with Pats, but um, they were actually Irish lads. They were they were players who should have been, you know, you think of like Fahey where he went to, Shawnee Maguire. Like they were players who were good enough to play, you know, at the level that they've got to eventually. And, you know, think of the case of Shawnee now, he's still a championship player, albeit maybe hasn't lit it up in that. But they, they, they were sort of young players on the way up, whereas obviously sometimes you go outside the league it's a, it's a mixed bag, and and in fairness, they were taking a lot of young players. I suppose there's a look like Kieran Sadler, excellent player, excellent signing. To be fair, albeit via Sligo, um, but they just that last year or two, they were they were just I don't know, like some of them were in and gone just as quickly. Um, so imagine I've had, the atmosphere. Uh, imagine the atmosphere yeah. of the visit of Watford if the, if you did have a crowd on Saturday because Watford, it's a massive game for them, but. This is basically it for Cork. If they lose this game, they're toast, pretty much. They, they, they're in. Dara, Dara said it. I mean, I listen. He, he's speaking for himself, but he's obviously probably still in tune with what the mindset would be down there, you know. And and uh, like you do watch. I mean, and like Colin Healy, like for like for for a number of years, you you keep hearing how well respected Colin mm. Healy is behind the scenes. He doesn't like doing the front of the camera stuff. Hasn't really done that many sort of interviews or of any real description since he's come home, apart from one or two very good ones. But, like, you know, he's not someone who, who courts it or, or seeks it or people might necessarily know his voice. 
um, that well. Yeah, but, I, 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 I heard the interview after the game and it was a force for me, I have to say. Yeah, so people, so people know how well he regarded he is and you, you almost don't want someone like that to be associated with a relegation, you know. Mm. Um, it's like that sort of, you know, that legendary figure who comes in, this, you know, the Shearer at Newcastle or something, who's like, he's there when they go down. Yeah. Uh, but but, but they've Watford and they've Sligo and they, in fairness, they didn't play badly against Dundalk. They are showing a bit of spirit. Yeah, like it's 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 there was a shape to how they played. Now, in some respects, some people would say, "Well, yeah, but it's easier to it's easier to to it's easier to have a structure if you just decide to defend like behind the ball for most of the game." And I do accept that point. You know that that's an easier thing to do than construct a plan to say press on dock and and try and you know mm. win the game that way. But for so you can overreact to a team being solid and getting broken then eventually but in saying that bizarrely enough there was a period after half time in the game where mm. it looked like they were trying to come out a bit it was almost like they'd got the half time level they got through that and then they were sort of able to break a bit more Spring the Morris, break, yeah. Morrissey was good and and Midlade had that chance and you're thinking God is this I think I was texting you a bit during the game but I'm not sure if I said it to you it was almost set up to be one of these games where they get mm. ahead and they win at 1-0 it's like a, a cup tie now mm. Cork don't want to be playing Dundalk like a cup tie they don't want to be playing like a lower division team against a bigger team and like that's the that's the sadness and where they've where they've completely fallen to so against Waterford at the weekend. Like they, they can't the, the plan that they had against the dog it cannot work against Waterford to win. Like you you have to you have to you have to go and be on the front foot a small bit more. Um and that's what's going to be very interesting about it. Like, you know, in, in what way can they have that solidity that they had for a large part of the game, but also you know get Dolling and 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 McGlade and your more creative players to 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 not have them also having to defend from the front as well as a sort of. You know. I think I think I think it could be it could be when you see Darren Murphy coming on and how well he's seen to play and just Watford have good players you know Smith Coote obviously Tyreek Wilson and Murphy's come in they've just good players probably the best goalie in the league arguably uh, and Cork will have to come out so it'll be really interesting to see what happens but the big story at the weekend is Rovers could win the league. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, if Dundalk take points off, if Dundalk yeah. take points off Bowes on Friday, it won't you know, be quite like Liverpool beating Blackburn, um, but Man no. United still losing at West Ham. Not, not as quite. A young, as a young Johnny Ward watching 1995, in the pub. yeah, yeah. Ludo, watching the pub. How old are you? Were thirteen? Yeah, that wasn't. I wasn't. That ex- it wasn't. Explains it was, a lot. It was. But you drive there as well. They were, yeah. No, they were. The, I was infatuated with the Premier League. I think it might maybe the following season I started going to League Ireland games. Summer '95, Johnny. It was the sunniest summer of, uh, of recent Irish history. The Dock won the league that year. With the see, typical, you were clearly in your in your Premier League bubble then because the, the the most exciting title race that year was at home, where you had three teams going for the league the last day of the season: mm. Terry in Athlone, the Dock at home to Galway, and then it was was it Shells with the other team that could have won it against Pats. I think it was, it was. So memorable, you can't remember who the it's third still, team still, was. Well, they they were they were the minor players in the game. Yeah, but it was it was. Athlone scored in the first minute against Derry City. And was then, that Jim uh, McLaughlin then? Or? Uh, it was Dermot Keeley. Keeley, was okay. The, was the manager of Dundalk. And mm. Felix Healy was the manager of Derry. And uh, Donald Golden scored a stunning goal. I think the clip's still on YouTube. It's like the... because mm. And it was actually a really good Sunday sport package that they actually did. Like they did from zero to 90 minutes. So they yeah. went like to each ground. You know, they went from... They went to each ground. But like I, I was at Dundalk that day. People might be aware of where I grew up going to games. 
and uh, I remember like bringing uh, a radio, like bringing like a Walkman or something. Oh. And so after uh, Atlone scored in the first minute, um, I sort of like maybe jumped up and this sort of this this cassette or Walkman or whatever I had, which being being in nineteen ninety five, it was probably the size of me. But uh, mm. it, it's it just jumped up and like smashed in pieces on the ground. I was like, well, <laughs> there goes my there goes my update service for the rest of the game. Um, but but like but there was that whole tension. Derry missed the penalty. Stuart Gold later on. Actually, I think yeah, I'm trying to think with the Liam Coyle score for Derry. But there's a massive Derry crowd in that loan, uh, and they 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 bottle it. And then um, yeah, the the other team was I think I'm pretty sure it was Shells against Pats. They dropped points, and then. Some dogs sort of swept in to win, where actually there was pretty much no one at the game. Well, not mm. no one at the game, but like I think it was like fifteen hundred people in the ground at the start of the match, and and probably more than that, uh, comfortably more than that, full time. <laughs> and it suddenly became it was a Sunday afternoon. It became clear, but like, that was when the dogs were in the sort of the hangover from the glory years, and people were very complacent uh, about yeah, where, yeah, um, not 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 dissimilar to where they've. But anyway, become, tangent, yeah. tangent. But the dog, but Bowls are qualified for Europe, and Rovers are playing Derry, who are kind of still in the mix for something or other. Um, and Rovers will probably win. Dundalk playing Bowls at home, it, it could easily be Rovers' title. Well, it possibly it could be. Now, Rovers are obviously going to have some issues on Friday. The the, the Graham Burke is suspended. Jack Byrne won't be available. Um, so um, it's going to be a sort of a. A d- diminished Rovers in the sense of like, in fact, it's, it'll be actually sort of interesting to watch them. It'll be very interesting because, like, you talk about having the new, the two number tens. Dylan Watts suddenly, come in suddenly having no number tens. You know, well, sorry, the other players are going to have to play there, and you are right that Dylan Watts is is very much one of them. So, in a way, like it would be a triumph of the squad if they could do it without those lads. But I'm sure the way, um, I think. Think they'd like to have. I think there would be something symbolic, probably about Jack Byrne being on the pitch that when the final whistle is blown, yeah, won the league point. because fair he's been point. so central to it. But um, he's obviously sort of had a had a, had a very challenging week. But mm. the 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 the, uh, the yeah the overall the overall picture is is sort of uh, it's it's a bit flat. But at least I think on Friday. You know the, the possibility of you know that sort of well this game means this and then Rovers can go and win it and their games on the box or whatever. But it it is over. It is funny you mentioned like Derry. They probably still have something to play for, um, but they they're they're actually a bit off it. And they they have a game then against the Dock, which is a back match next week. That Derry could look at it and say they have to win the next two games. They're right back in it. It just so happens the two games are Rovers away. And uh, Dundalk at home. That nineteen ninety five title race. Yeah, Dundalk won the league with fifty nine points, goal difference plus sixteen. Derry second, fifty eight points, goal difference plus fifteen. And Shells were third, fifty seven points plus thirteen. So yeah, if Shells had won, they could have with goal difference they could have won the league. So there's three. I wonder teams. where your Walkman is now. Some skip near Dundalk. Oh well, it? I mean it's nineteen ninety five. I'd imagine it's probably like what happens. Bio, biodegradable, it's, probably it's just, not. It's probably just over the years. It's just it disintegrated away to nothing. Like me, it was thrown away to them. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. in the pub, son. You were still coming back yeah. from the uh, from the. Jeez, when, you, when, you, when you think about it, though, like it was it was a regular thing. Kids went to watch, to the pub to watch the Premier League. We most of us didn't have Sky. Three, three, te- three teams went down that year. Sorry, John. You, you're right. The most of them, Sky. I, I just got distracted by the league table. Very rudely. Three teams went down. Three teams went down. I mean, it was a one to a playoff. Sorry, mm. but uh, yeah, could, could you? Galway United were ninth that year. Just stayed, just stayed up, just above uh, Athlone, who I think went to a playoff and played Finn Harps, and it might have gone to penalties. 
Um, and uh, because I think that was played before the FAI Cup final the following week, which I think Jerry, after a hangover, uh, they had to somehow get up for the Cup final the following week. But I think they were playing shells and they might have, if they win it, they did win it, I think. Yeah, so there we go. Back let's, back, let's, no, let's roll back through the years. Let's yeah, let's talk about something that's still up for grabs, which is the first division. And I sadly, unbeknownst to a lot of people, this has been an unbelievably good first division campaign, albeit abridged. And it's been like just every week there's been a, a pretty mad result. I think the last three rounds of games, all the away teams have won, which is completely mad. And um, but Bray Wanderers have been the outstanding team and they are within somewhat touching distance of winning the league. So we got Gary Cronin in their manager. Yeah, so we were going to get uh, the best looking manager in the first division, but Tim Clancy wouldn't come on. So we have Gary Cronin instead in the house. Gary Cronin, what's the story? Well, you've already started that now, have you? Yeah, all yeah. good. Having yeah, yourself. Good, yeah. Well, Tim's a bit skittish for coming on when the drogs went uh, top of the table, but it didn't last very long, so we'll hopefully get Tim on before the season is out. But you are in a situation now where basically five points clear, albeit with a game more played, two games to go. Uh, Haven't lost a game in a long, long time, apart from that drogs game, and you're in a very good position at the top of the fourth division. Yeah. Is there a question in that? <laughs> there wasn't really a question in it. Welcome to the show, Gary. You know, welcome to the show. It was just more of a statement. Who was there? Was there? It was more of a statement. <laughs> yeah. It's Johnny's. Johnny's. Johnny sort of says some stuff, and you, if you find a question in there, yeah. you can ask one. You know, you can answer one. I suppose fair play to you for coming oh, on. We know Johnny long time now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I look. I was thinking about it yesterday. Actually, going. To, I don't mind having a chat and so on. It's two games to go, and uh, look, well, I've said it all along. We we haven't got too big for the boots in that respect. It's um. It's been a fantastic run that the players have, have got themselves on and we're in a super, superb position, obviously, in relation to ourselves drawing on for the league. And um, I think it's too far to stretch now for Longford with the goal difference and so on. But um, uh, the players have been fantastic, uh, uh, Johnny, and I can only compliment them, to, uh, you know, to the highest. Um, but, uh, you know, there's... We've just simply got ourselves into a position where we have a great opportunity and that's all it is. And, um, I've been there before. I've been in last day situations in the fourth division, won the league with Drada. Actually, won the league as a, an assistant coach to uh, to Cuzzo at Longford, and mm. um, and now hopefully, uh, look, we have a great opportunity to do it at Bray. But that's all it is, and we'll take the um, we can't control the results, but we'll we'll take the next two games as they come and and do our best to win them. Obviously, it's in our own hands, but look, we we'll, we'll just take the next game as it comes. Did you feel under any, um, you know, not not even pressure to start season, but it's just a run you've been on? Because you, from what I recall, you only started kind of okay. Cabin Teedy were were flying high. Um, mm-hmm. Was it just a case of that team kind of, you know, gelling and whatever? You brought in some new players as well, and um, it's just taken off, really. Yeah, when you go back to the first game of the season, now it's a, it's a weekend of football that probably should have been called off throughout the whole league. It was a monsoon of a weekend, mm. and that was the first weekend for the first division. I think Galway and Athlone were called off. We were in Cabin Teeley and, you know, the consensus where the game should have been off. But that doesn't matter. It was played the same for both teams. And, and I went into that halftime team talk against Cabin Teeley, 4 nil down. And I thought to myself, <laughs> you know, what am I in for here? And, you know, I remember saying to the lads, lads, we can see another goal on out here. <laughs> oh, really, yeah. yeah. I, I felt that way. Now, maybe I had the confidence that the weather was so bad 
that you just you want know, to it would be difficult for Cam Tealy to get a half, let alone score a goal, because that's how difficult we found it in the first half. But, you know, it just felt, just felt Jesus Christ, if we, if we could see another couple of goals here, you're talking six and seven, and uh, that would have been difficult for me personally, uh, for everybody. But, look, uh, you know, I, I was confident the lads, that, that I wasn't doing lack of effort. We, we were poor when the goals went in, but the conditions were so bad, it was hard to, to, to point a finger at anybody. Uh, and, but it was the same for both teams. And we, we scored two goals in the second half and lost that game 4-2. And um, Then, obviously, we, we played Wexford and then the pandemic hit. The Longford game was called off due to weather. And then, obviously, everything changed for every club then, obviously, because we had a gap of, of, of three months. Since we got back, we've changed a few teams. We've added a couple of players and we've had a tight squad. And, um, teams do have tight squads, so... We've had to manage manage our training loads and so on accordingly. And look, we've we've gone on a great run, and um, you know it's credited to the players and and, and the staff that, are, that I'm working with. You know, so that's all it is at the moment, though, lads. We've, we've two more games to go. We'll see how we'll see what it takes us. You mentioned Brian Maher there. You've the most clean sheets in the first division, and how important has he been in that regard? Look, uh, when it comes to defending, it's everybody. We always say that. Uh, we, we, we defend in a situation on set pieces where we have everybody back, so everybody has a defined role. Um, and, you know, the back four being outstanding. You know, bar the Cabin Tealy, obviously, four, conceded 12 goals, and four of those goals were the Cabin Tealy um, uh, back where in, and we had conceded three, but when we lost three, we went up there. After that, you're looking at it, I think we've only conceded in games after that. Uh, and it's been fantastic. But Brian's role alone has, has, has been fair to him. He made it made the decision to to leave Pats mutually, which was a massive decision, obviously, because he was he was obviously coming down to ourselves. But he wasn't playing there, so he'd done that for the best of his career. And I think that's been a real mature decision at the time, and it's been a decision that's uh, worked out for him so far because he's played a lot of forcing football and. Um, He's pulled off some outstanding. I mean, just one or two saves in particular. When we were only one in Tealy at home, we ended up winning that game three 0 but we came to one all, and obviously it's a different picture then. So, but um, he's a competent lad, and but he, you know he's 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 a modest kid as well, and he's been fantastic for us. You know, whoever he plays for, he plays for performances, and he got his call up uh, when he won recently, uh, which was a reward for him. So he's you know he's on a radar on the international level still. So. I was delighted for him when he got that goal. But again, it just the decision to um, to leave St. Pat's and, and come play for St. Football with us. But he's been fantastic. The Rovers game last week, Gary, I was looking at it um, before and Rovers weren't playing last weekend at sort of senior level and I was thinking, oh, this... <laughs> so was, so was I. <laughs> I was thinking this could be now. Yeah. Oh, this is all set up for, for something. And you're looking at the team sheet and you see Sean Cavan is there. and uh, yeah. Like I assume you get the team sheet what an hour and a half before the game or something, mm. and you're what are you thinking? You're thinking, no, this is to be honest, we, last week. Yeah, we, we we obviously when you saw the fixtures there probably a month or so ago, you saw first team up in Finn Harps on the same day. Mm. You know that you'll have um you'll have a you know a, a younger type, type type team playing against you. But um, look, we sort of anticipated what the what the side might be. We weren't too far off when when there was no senior game, and I was I was chatting to Tony Cousins a couple of weeks ago and. They'd no 19th game either. So it was literally the only sort of senior game that Rovers had that weekend. So we can't control what type of team they put out. But then obviously we saw the team sheet. We anticipated, yeah, Sean Cavanagh hasn't played. And of course, it was a good opportunity for him to play. And we've had 
uh, Dean Williams with us last year in our in, in the last tour of our season unknown from Rovers and we know what Dean can do and he was obviously playing and, and Thomas Alou came back in from being on the fringes with the team and Brandon Cavanagh is obviously a very good player but he was also other good players there young, young Darren Newton is a very good player and um, we knew it was going to be a tough tough game and uh, to be honest with you I felt a little bit before that game the manager has his own time the lads are out warming up and saying this is you know that could go against us if we don't if we don't show up and it's a three o'clock afternoon kick up it's different preparation for the lads mm. um, but it was confident in what the lads you know they you understand what's at stake so it was um well you had the game down right no I wasn't at that one no I, I was at Rovers the previous week mm. when I got to UCD when they'd been pretty poor so yeah. then I saw the team sheet it was like this is going to be a different because they even had Leon yeah. and goals and, and just it was yeah. the and, team. Yeah. and Leon sorry Leon was in goals as well and uh, when it, it was the reason I was asking me at the game because if you watch that first half we played Rovers uh, Rovers played some some really really good football and we were trying to contain them and we were doing well at it and they created a couple of chances a couple of half chances and going in at half time this was, you know, it was on a sort of an iPad type of thing, you know, it could go either way at this stage, you know, depending on how, how we come out in the second half. But look, we, we, we were excellent again, similar to the UCD game the week before. It was even Stevens at half time and we came out with a real mature and professional performance, uh, particularly without the ball in the second half. And uh, look, we took our chances. We jumped Daryl Lynch, scored a similar goal to, uh, again from a set piece, from a Dylan Barnett set piece, which has been a team. And um Derek Daly took his goal. Our second goal was five minutes ago. He took his goal really well. It was a good move. Paul Keegan started actually. So um look overall, I was delighted. I had that feeling in the stomach game. You know, that was a a game where I'm sure others were looking at us going, he could drop points here. Um but look, come here, it, it was a fantastic three points. Just just overall Bray is Bray is a club now. Because obviously a couple of years back, Bray were um probably a a crisis club describing Wicklow was the North Korea of Ireland in statements, yeah. and it was a sort of a, a a crazy, crazy old time. And I just know working the beat like Bray were a bit of a basket case. Whereas now it seems that things have, yeah. Niall, things have really calmed down. The the, uh, the the link with obviously the the academy seems pretty strong. You've had Andrew Moran and Lee Cavanagh come in and then go. You mentioned Dara there. Mm. Like the the. The production line there, like how encouraged are you by what's what's actually happening, both in terms of the, the overall club, also feeding into your job as a senior manager? Yeah, it's it, it's it's very encouraging to be perfectly honest with you. And you go back to the time and when I came in as manager and there was a changeover obviously of ownership and Nilo Dussel came in and, and 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 you know spent a lot of money to clear off their previous debts and so on and sort of gave the club a clean slate. Um but that was sort of a honeymoon period. There was a lot of work to do then thereafter, you know, to get the football right and so on. And um, it's encouraging now to see the likes of those young players coming through. They played first-team football and two of the lads have made a step over to England and, and there's there's, um, there's an opportunity for more to do that. But what I will give, uh, you know, Bray and obviously there was an affiliation with St. Joseph Boys before is that they do have a very, very good record of young players making a step over to the UK. You know, the numbers are quite high, quite higher than a lot of other clubs, which can be quite surprising. But does it, you know, obviously Will Clark being the academy director there for many years, there's a lot of stability there. And I think it's quite similar to St. Kevin's boys where they have a director of football there who who um, has the connections and the relationships over in the UK and have structures in place. And 
Will has done a fantastic job as the academy director over many years. Um, so it's good to have that stability there. It's a good foundation to have. And obviously now we wanted to change the image of the football club, particularly from a first team level, when the changeover came. And, you know, it's still a work in progress. You know, we, we still have to really, you know, we know what we, we sort of want to do, but you, you need to make sure you have the resources to do it, you know. And uh, we're still very much on the on the journey or, or we're in the, in the process. And, you know, we're obviously the next few weeks will define where, where we're going to be next season. Um, and that's a that's a big thing, obviously, for the first team to see where you're going to be at and, and, and what we can do, obviously, over the next coming years. But to answer the question, Dan, yeah, it's, it's, it's really encouraging, obviously, when you see young players come through. Like, you look at Dara, Dara Lynch, obviously, this season, when he scored those two goals on his first start for, for ourselves in um, in August there, he was... He was touching the 17 birdie, but he was still only 16 years of age. Um, and he was obviously straight into men's football and he's done fantastically well and he has six goals. And that's obviously a really, you know, a good news story from a Bray Wanderers point of view. And, and um, you know, but I'd be the type of man, the other managers obviously as well, you know, you're not afraid obviously to, if the lads are, you know, strong enough physically and, and you know, there's obviously the mental part of it, you don't expect them to know, know the game inside of it at such a young age, but, you know, be willing to give them a chance and see how they perform at a first team level. And sometimes it happens for, 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 for young lads and sometimes it takes an extra year or two for others. You know, you, you still get late developers and you can't can't ignore that. But um, yeah, it, it, it looks good for the club at the moment, you know, but there's a lot of work to be done and, um, you know, we're enjoying it as, as we go. But there's opportunities there for, for, for young players at our football club. Just just being at the, the last the Galway game there last season, there was a real feeling... Um, there was a good vibe in the in the ground that night, and I suppose you must be regretting the fact that you know with with the situation because I think Bray would have really they would get good crowds this season to be a good yeah. kind of feeling behind, and even just the fact that they were flirting with leaving the Carlisle grounds and you're still in that iconic ground, and they, just I think there'd be a good vibe if 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 they could have gone and supported you to the top of the table, obviously. Yeah, that was it. Was that the evening that I think you were there, Johnny? The the, the president was there. Uh, that's right yeah we were yeah, both there it was notable yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were the most important person there obviously and then and then the president came there in after you it was uh, typical typical story of Galway United under Alan Murphy played well and lost yeah yeah look I mean, that, that particular night was fantastic for us we came from behind that was the first time last year we came from behind but um, yeah the, the, the atmosphere was great that evening actually it was a nice summer, uh, summer's evening and uh, mm. you miss the crowd you do miss the crowd you really really do and uh, we're not the only club, but we do have a nice, nice little ground there in Bray. I'm delighted the Bray Wonders didn't move out of there uh, prior to, to to me coming in there because it's fond memories in, in the Carlisle grounds. I just think it's a really, really good football ground. I'd rather develop that ground than than, than they move somewhere else, uh, unless unless it was for the greater good for whatever reason that may be. But mm. uh, look, Amir, it's it's uh, it's a ground that obviously is much better atmosphere with, 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 with uh, people there and. and and, um, and the crowds and hopefully I can't see it this season now uh, Johnny but hopefully now um, come next season you know we can get people back in the gates like, you know uh, you mentioned Alan Murphy there I, I, I want to actually mention Alan myself actually since you mentioned him and, um, you know the common team played well and, 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 and got beat and you know Alan is obviously he's a couple of years with me but he's obviously a legend down in Galway and he, he put a good squad together this year and it's evident obviously John's come in and done something different with it but it's the, it's the squad he put together and I just think he's worth a mention he's been unlucky really unlucky I think he was gasping that force win to get him going it didn't come in time for him but um, really really good fella as you well know and uh, 
sorry, sorry for the losing job, but uh, but that's football, isn't it? Just on that, because the you know Jared Doyle, Tim Clancy, yourself, obviously Alan Murphy and, and others as well, even going into that that loan and Wexford managers, a lot of young managers in the league. But I do respect the fact that you came on the show because you're you're playing Galway United and that loan away in your last two games, and Galway United is it going to be a very tough game the way yeah. they're playing at the moment, and there's it's not you're not over the line yet, so so you're just kind of trying to keep a lid on expectation, I guess. Not over the look. It's it's. I haven't even mentioned about being over the line or saying nothing's done yet, because not that's not what it's about. We just have an opportunity to to win it. I think, like I said at the start, I think it's a far stretch for Longford now at this stage of the goal difference. But I think obviously ourselves and Drott are, are the two teams that can't win it now. And that's all it is. It's a battle till the end, and then uh, we our feet are on the ground, and anything can happen. Like you say, our next our next game will be Galway at home. Um, and they're fighting to nail for the points to, to make those playoffs. Uh, and they actually played Rohada before that in their refix game as well. So mm. it's going to go right down to right down to the wire, I'd imagine. But, you know, we can only focus on ourselves, Johnny. And, and uh, that's what we have done over the last couple of months. We can't control what, you know, obviously what happened to the Galway squad with the, the virus in the squad. We can't control that. Mm. We can't control what, what side, as Dan mentioned, what side uh, Shamrock Rowers too put out. We can't control, obviously, the, the refix game with Rada and, and, and Galway. Um, all I can do is watch that and hope Galway do them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's all I can hope for. But uh, we can only control what's within our own group. And that's what we continue to do to the end. And regardless what happens, um, I can see it going right down to the, to, to the board. But regardless, we, we'll be, you know, we always have the integrity of the league there. Like We, we have to go out and try and win, win, win the game for uh, against Galway for the integrity of competition. And and also against that loan, but it's going to go right down to the war, right down to the war. Thanks a million for coming on, Gary. Hopefully, uh, be back at the Belinda Carlisle grounds next season with a full crowd yeah. there, and maybe you'll be in the Premier Division. Yeah, we look forward to that. All right, look, and regardless of where we be, we hope that the crowds go back in. And look, yeah, we, we I think it's the twenty seventh of October now. The, the the last round of games on a Tuesday night, which is a bit unfortunate. That's midweek, but. Uh, We'll see exactly where we are then. We could have to play more football if it ends up in playoffs, but we'll, mm. we'll do our best to try and win it. Top man. Cheers, guys. Look after yourselves. So earlier on, we gave out Lotto Land's League of Ireland price booster. They're also boosting the Dockby Bow with both teams to score. And remember that bows are safely true to Europe here and the Dock are mad to win this game. This was 1.72. It's now 2.1. That's 11 to 10. To avail of this offer, go to the price booster section of lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook. Yeah, that was Gary Cronin. And uh, yeah, we've had a, a couple of sort of, it's hard to keep and keep tabs with the fixtures because of coronavirus outbreaks and so on. But Bray's next game is Galway. But prior to that, Galway actually play Drogheda in a game that was postponed because of a coronavirus. A couple of yeah, I just want to give the weekend's fixtures there, Johnny, yeah, just to clarify so, it. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's just been one of those seasons. But in, in terms of the weekend, it's UCD Cavan Teeley, which again is a very big game. Drogheda needs, to keep the pressure up by playing Wexford. That's on, Sham- on Friday. That yeah, Friday. Friday. And then Shamrock over second team play at Lone on Saturday, while Slongford Town play Cove Randers in a game that, again, is still very relevant. It's going into Tuesday then, that rearranged game between Galway and Drogheda. And it was refreshing having Gary Cronin on. That question you asked about when you mentioned North Korea, I was going to ask that because just like I, I was thinking of if they'd left the I love the Carlisle grounds. I have to say it was, I think it was the first away ground I was ever at in the League of Ireland. Um, and I love the 
I just love the Georgian architecture around the grounds. Uh, I love the pitch. It's a fantastic pitch. The leisure right. plex across the way. The leisure plex across the, the, the way. Nothing, nothing like nothing like uh, that sort of contemporary, the contemporary mix of a uh, Georgian architecture and a leisure plex. Yeah, you know, absolutely. This is, this is like and, it does nothing sum up Ireland more in in the two thousands than like uh, like the beautiful architecture of a different yeah. time, and then like yeah, a sort of a. Well, a, a you know, an amenity just thrown into the middle of the mix. Bray, Bray is a bit like that, though. It's a mixture of like very, very nice and maybe not so nice. But it has the Harbour Bar then down the road is is uh, is actually a place that I've I passed by it the night of that game I was mentioning. And what's was like, not so nice? It? What's not so nice about Bray? Yeah, and the middle of the town is like very rough and ready now. Like it's not, it's not, it's a, it's it's a straight. It's kind of like some of the. Some of those places, maybe as you get further south from the city centre in Dublin, like they've got nice and gorgeous old houses, and then kind of like just very. I don't like know where, like where. Dunleer would be a bit like that. It's kind of a, like the centre of Dunleer is not much going for it, is there? No, no, it's probably probably an accurate assessment. Mm, but the, it's it, it it is it's the nicest backdrop. That and I haven't spent much time there though. I feel like I mean the People's Park is quite nice, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, it's and. Obviously, one of the coldest grounds in the world, I think, when, when there was winter football, Bray. But I'm just delighted that they've, like, I, I hated the situation at that club and how they've, they've lost so many fans, probably a lot of whom haven't really gone back because of the way the club had been run. And I think fair play to Gary, like, he's he's steadied the ship. Um, they didn't start the season great, as he mentioned. He was like, I might leave, the, I might be leaving here if we concede another goal. But now it's in the own hands despite the fact they lost to Drada they got a bit of luck with Drada losing at home to Athlone so it's back in their hands and uh, yeah they could be back in the Premier Division next season Dan yeah they could be yeah I mean it's, it's very plausible as I said they're, 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 it's in their hands and I, I don't think there's much more you can say about that it's, I mean it's, I it's, guess at this stage we're just hoping that um, just hoping that, that this season gets finished as well yeah that, that's well, still like we're still, we're still right I'm, I'm not to be the, the harbinger the, of doom but the old circuit breaking lockdown chat the beauty of the first division as well is that, you know, back to Cove Ramblers in seventh, there's still the prospect of, and this is the structure of the, the league this season with the playoff situation, but there, there's right back to seventh, there are uh, there's a team with something to play for and it's still up for grabs. So I, it's going to be a cracking into the season as well. Yeah, uh, we should mention the rest of the Premier Games of the weekend, by the way, because it's, it's the two games on Friday, as we mentioned, Cork Waterford Saturday, which we have mentioned. Then it's Shells against Sligo on Sunday. And then there's refix games on Monday, Derry Dundalk and Finn Harps Rovers before uh, Dundalk's Europa League game. What about Thursday, your, your old buddy, the Shells captain, and uh, his little audio after the. Oh, Gary Deegan. Yeah, win, Gary yeah. Deegan. The, the man is absolutely. Is he, well, I well, wouldn't say he's deranged, but he's, this he's was, certainly passionate. Let's, 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 let's listen to the brief Gary Deegan response after the, uh, the Shells big win at Waterford last week. Just another message from the skipper again. Three points in the back. Now she's again next week for another three points. Get in there! He's pretty happy there, John, wasn't he? Pretty happy. I think Gary Deegan is the type of guy you like, you know, if you're playing Astro, you know you play Astro with someone and like five aside whatever, and you really want to impress them if you're on your side. Mm. You don't want to be like, you don't want to be sort of strolling back, you know, no. like you, you, you're sort of like on your edge because... The, I'd be afraid of them. They have a tough enough run in shells. So to get three points mm. on the board there is is huge for them. It gives them that small bit of breathing room. Harps aren't playing this weekend. Um, so even just the fact that they have five points. Now, well, Harps are playing on Monday against Rovers. Maybe if Harps want Rovers to win the league on Friday, um, enjoy uh, 
maybe enjoy some some brief celebration afterwards and maybe take your eye off the ball for harps um that's that's i mean it's not something you'd say publicly of course but if privately i'm sure yeah, yeah. they'll be thinking that way and um so it's 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 certainly for shells it looks like they, they they've got a chance i mean they're on 16 points they've got three games to go if they if they got the 19 points would you know, a harp's going to get to 19 points. I'm not so sure, you know. So, like, they, they, they have a real chance, one more win or, or even a couple of draws. They, 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 you would think that they've got a chance of getting themselves out of it there. So, big for them. Yeah, big for them. Like, it, it's a weird time. Like, it is a weird time for everyone at the moment because I know there is definitely a lot of chat behind the scenes in the league about hoping that the league gets finished. Like, I really hope that they can get to what is now November the 8th with the, the, the season being pushed back effectively because of, um, fixture congestion, yeah, uh, and it's primarily because of Dundalk. But I also think, to be fair, I think there's every chance that they're going to they're leaving themselves open for the prospect of any more COVID cancellations. And we see everything that's going on with 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 our world this week, with the Irish team this week, yeah. with the case numbers generally. You would think that it's going to be hard to get through the next couple of weeks without losing another game or something. So or or two. So it's going to be tight for that. It's going to be tight for the end of the season generally, but that's why every game at the moment really counts in, in every sense of the word, just in case, just in case um, we end up having to settle the league by sort of unusual means. Yeah, and uh, just news coming through this. Uh, Football Association of Ireland Appeal Committee have found Wexford in breach uh, for feeling an ineligible player in four first division games. Committee found Wexford in breach in the following games uh, at Lone, Wexford, Shamrock Groves and Cove. The committee uh, basically ruled that Wexford will forfeit all those games 3-0. So that's the development that's come through. And uh, yeah. Just... So we have an updated league table now off the back of that. So mm. basically what that means, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think have Cabantini picked up a couple of extra points now um, off the back of it because they drew with them. Um, mm. So that's... It's definitely changed the picture of the... Yeah, it has. So basically, what's happened now, that it was Bray 35, Drada 30, Longford 29, UCD 26, Cabantini 26. What you have now, there's a new revised table posted, and it's, yeah, Bray 35, Drada 30, Longford 29, Cabantini 28, UCD 26. So Cabo have uh, gained two points today, and all of a sudden in that race for... Well, it's that race for fourth and fifth, realistically. Um, they have they have benefited there. And, and as a consequence, um, as a consequence, I guess, I mean, Galway probably are, are, are not happy with no. that. Um, no, no. Galway's task a bit tougher. Uh, thanks for that, Dan. And uh, yeah, uh, enjoy the rest of this wacky week, I guess. Yeah, we will have, uh, next week, I suppose, we'll have a Europa League game, which, you know, could be in... Belfast, Transnistria. Cala, Transnistria, like wherever, wherever, like because of course we we must remember that is it is uh, the dark owner peaks world and the rest of us are all just living in it. Um, so it won't have gone unnoticed as well that Carabags, their their old historic town, is now a war zone. Um, Nagorno Karabakh. Yeah, we brings year. us back in time. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I'm sorry. Kick it back to this. I mean, the the, the Bill Holtzizer interview interviews. Every one just throws out stuff. I mean, going to war in the IRFU, um, slating Tala, um, then talking about as well uh, the, the 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 concept of playing uh, Linfield. 
are playing in, sorry, playing in Windsor Park, but talking about, well, you know, there's a logic in it in Arsenal, you know, bringing a team <laughs> from the UK to the UK. Yeah. And you're thinking, they're not really reading the room here in, in the yeah, and any not event, reading the room. It's not, not necessarily the place where you would go and start talking about, well, it's nice to be here in Dundalk today, but I'm thinking of popping up to the United Kingdom. In Newry. Thinking of popping up to the UK, up to Newry, you know, mm-hmm. and up different country up there, you know. It's not, like, like I just I just wonder where the sense comes from that they're not fully in tune to uh, their area. You just, you just yeah. wonder. You just wonder where that might be coming from. But, you um, just wonder, wouldn't you? We, we'll be hearing more from Bill soon, I'm sure. I think um, the, uh, the, the interview express is... Um, it, it hasn't stopped off at the station. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. So we will have more. We will have. Who needs brave statements when we've got when we've got when we've got Bill? You know. So let's we, just we send him see, the bill. Well, mm. Let's just see yeah. where, where we go from here. So yeah, we could have league winners crowned by by the time we come back uh, next week and and amongst amongst other things, I suppose. Um, the big round of games. Thanks uh, to our sponsors, Lottoland, where you can dream big for your Euro Millions and Irish Lotto betting. Check out the top SSE electricity league and European qualifier markets at lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook. And that was season four, episode 24. But there are